0: Today on the pod, my guest is A.J. Howard, currently serving in the Ohio Air National Guard. A.J. is going to talk about his current job at the base, why he decided to enlist in the Air Force, and the bond he has with those he served with. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Bases Loaded Podcast. I'm your host Gabe Kennedy and today my guest is AJ Howard. AJ how's it going buddy? It's going good buddy. How are you? Fantastic. So those of you uh, listening AJ was the uh, he was the brains behind the podcast when we started out. Um, Holy smokes I I feel like probably the first 50 or so episodes uh, he was repping it out and time kind of got in the way and, and busy and obviously he's uh he's got a, a lot of busyness coming up man right the wife is uh the wife's pregnant Due having a baby soon right
1: yep it's about time i mean <laughs> we were supposed to apparently have a kid when we were 21 you know about three months after we were sneaking married but now it's eight years in and finally getting the first one out
0: maybe i say maybe uh the whole timing was uh for you to get more mature you think so
1: i think so <laughs> uh,
0: 100 percent <laughs> so how old are you and what uh, branch do you serve in uh, so I'm 29
1: years old, and
0: I'm currently in the Air National Guard in Mansfield, Ohio. Good deal. So, uh, with the guard, what uh, what's your actual job? What do you have day, uh, daily routines that you do? Uh, yeah,
1: so I'm in I'm in supply, so uh, I'm a material management personnel. So right now, technically, my job is I'm a customer service rep. So uh, we support the. Uh, maintenance section for the aircrafts to keep the aircrafts in the air so anything that maintenance needs to repair the aircrafts or put on the aircrafts anything like that we they order it through us we order it we manage it and then we give it to the customer so we're i mean we're basically kind of like a your amazon per per se in the military you know you just order it we we supply it and then we give it to the customer
0: good deal uh do you have any memories or uh maybe good stories you want to share about your time so far in the military Uh, There's been some
1: good times, some good times. I mean, I did four years active duty Air Force and at Scott Air Force Base, Illinois. So it's like 15 miles outside of St. Louis. So that was a lot of fun. And I would tell anybody go active duty before you go guard, even though guard is amazing, but the best, one of the best times I've had was in basic. A lot of people probably won't say that, but everybody's always scared to go to basic and don't know what to expect, but as soon as you get there, I mean, the nerves get away. Then all of a sudden you realize it's eight weeks is gone. You're graduating. And you're like, well, that wasn't that bad. But a specific memory I have is uh, I was outside the chow hall. So we just got done eating. And to go back to your dorm room, you have to, you have to march. So you have to be in like a, like a, um, oh, like a little flight, I guess you'd say. I forget what it's exactly called, but you have to normally have three people. So it was me and this one other guy waiting for one person to come out and of course one of the bad troops I guess you'd say comes out a bad airman, you know and he comes out and we're like ah, oh, he's not going to be able to walk you know march with us like it's going to be terrible hopefully we don't meet anybody like any of the TIs uh, the drill instructors on the way or anything like that so he comes out and we're like trying to like coach him like hey you have to be a, we have to be good we're pretty far away from the dorms he's like okay we're good we're good and we're about to start marching all of a sudden a ti kicks this door in from a dorm room just i mean absolutely spartan kicks it out and he goes like an effing ninja and we i mean i want to lose it and he's staring at us he's waiting for us to lose it i mean he wants us to break so he can scream at us I'll
0: say what happens if you break
1: oh i mean you're you're on your face doing push-ups and he'll say flip (laughs) and you're doing flutter kicks and he says flip do push-ups like I mean, he wants you to get destroyed. And the funny part is, you can tell he was on his way home. He was just trying to get one last one in before he went <laughs> home to his his family, because he looked at us and he realized we didn't break. And he goes, "Good, good." And he walks into his truck, to his truck, and then drives home. So we we're just looking at each other, like just dumbfounded. Like, you got how does this even happen? And I, we, we end up marching back to the dorm room. Nobody else was around us. We were good, so we didn't get caught by anybody, and we were good. And we got up there. And we're like. What if somebody was going into the door and he just drills a, a kid? Like, what kind of repercussions would this guy have? I mean, he would have knocked somebody completely out. It was it was hilarious.
0: So it was worth the risk for him, right? If he would have oh. gotten one of you to break, it would have been phenomenal.
1: Oh, especially during that time frame. Because during that time frame was when all the sexual assaults was happening.
0: So, I mean, they were on their toes.
1: I mean, when we were getting mail, they would, we were in the mail room. So we were just in this, like like a classroom and we'd all be sitting there and we'd be getting mail and everybody's ready for mail. That's the best day. Right. So we're just waiting for him to say your name and you'd say here and you put your hand up and they'd just throw it at you and everybody have to grab it off the floor and like pass it back to you and everything. And uh, anyway, so they would, they would curse and even just cursing, just not even something bad. Right. They would just curse. And when they would curse, they would be like, I didn't say anything. Right. And they'd be like, yes, drill sergeant. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we would have to say, like, yeah, we, we didn't hear anything because all the stuff going on. But, yeah, it was, it was a good time. I mean, going through the obstacle course, uh, I was really excited for the obstacle course. I was really nervous. I was like, well, what do I have to climb up and down? I'm not good with heights. So I'm like, I don't think ours is a big deal, like, compared to the Marines and Army. Like, that. you know, they get drilled hard. And we're just like, yeah, we have to go through it. And we're getting yelled at. But it's not a big deal. It's the middle of summer. It's July in the middle of uh, San Antonio, Texas you know it's hitting 100 every day and you're in full uh, ABUs full uniform but we get there and they go well some of the stuff is is not you, you can, we can't use it today and we're like why not and they're like it flooded So we're like, okay, so some of the water obstacles are, you know, you can't get into them. Like, yeah, you don't want to get in there. There's water moccasins in there. I'm like, I'm not good with snakes either. (laughs) I started flipping out. I was like, I'm not getting any water. And then I realized I have no choice. So there's one where there's a water pit and there's one rope and they just, there's a TI on the one side and he holds the rope and you're on the other side. He doesn't throw it to you. He just lets go. So, obviously, with the momentum, you let it swing a couple times. It's going to sit still, and now it's in the middle of the water. So, some kids who are scared of water, it's three feet of water. They think they're going to drown. And it was one of the best times ever because you'd see the kids wet it. And he's like, what are you going to do now? And they would just jump in, and then they start flailing. And they'd be (laughs) so scared. And I was, like, up, and I'm like, I don't want to get wet because you have to wear your wet uniform all the way on the bus, all the way back. So, I was like, I don't want to be that guy. And, you know, they get the little – uh, competitive spirit, and they threw it. I grabbed it, and I swung. I let go, and I—I I made it by like a foot. And I was like, Oof. "And it was—it's a good time. It's a really good time." But yeah, it goes by quick. I mean, it—I don't i mean it's been. I'm going on my—I think I'm seven and a half years now. Jeez, I've been in. Yeah, so I mean, I—I I joined in 2012.
0: So, but. so with basic, uh maybe maybe either for you or maybe uh, any other stories you heard. Uh, Was there any moments where it's like, you're not going to be able to make it that like you can't get through it with basic? No, not for me. I
1: mean, and the thing is, I didn't, I mean, I was way lighter back then, but like, you know, it's just, it's a mindset. I mean, I knew for a fact, I, I mean, I wanted to be a Marine off the, off the bat and I didn't, I didn't choose that life. So I chose the air force. I, cause I realized I want to do something after the military. I didn't want it to be a career at the time. So I chose the air force and I was like, I know it's going to be tough. And then leaving my family and being, I mean, this was the first time I was going to be away from my family. That was the biggest, it was all mental. Cause I knew that they were going to drill me to be in better shape to whatever they put me through. I was going to be able to get through it. And that, and that's basically what it was. I mean, getting up and running, you know, three plus miles a day, you're walking 10 plus miles a day in your boots and everything. Just, just walking the base, you know, you have to go get, your haircut, you got to get immunizations, you got to get, you know, you got to go get your uniform to begin with and all that. You're just walking and you're drilling and they're teaching it. And you're just kind of like getting all of the civilian stuff out of your head so they can teach you how to take a order. So, I mean, all in all, it was a great experience. It makes you grow up quick. And that's why I did it. I, I mean, I was working at Wendy's for seven years. I mean, with my family, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I just, I just uh, asked Christy to marry me. And I was like, well, I can't do this the rest of my life. So I was like, well, how am I gonna kickstart it? I had no idea. I was terrified. I didn't know what to do. And then I was like, well, I'll go talk to the recruiter. And I talked to the recruiter and they battled over me with the Marines and the army in the Air Force because they were right across the hall. And obviously the Marines want you bet more. And I was like, Yeah, that looks fun. But I was like, I don't I don't think I wanna make a career out of this. So then I went and ended up joining the joining the Air Force. But but yeah, it's it's probably the best thing I've ever done by far. I mean, it's now my career. So,
0: so why did you end up, uh, you know, joining or why did you choose to join? Was there any certain turning point in your life or maybe a specific event that made you want to join? So,
1: so it was definitely the Kickstarter was the reason why in the end, when I, cause I joined when I was 20, but there's a specific, a specific, um, event. And obviously for my generation, it was nine 11. So I was in fifth grade. Uh, I was at Russell School. I was in Miss Groves class. I know exactly. I mean, I just remember getting pulled into the classroom, sat down, they turned the TV on. I remember seeing the buildings. The, uh, one of the towers was on fire and it was smoking and we didn't know what was going on. So uh, we kind of just were told to sit there and then they evacuated us. Based, I guess evacuated. They sent us home. So I lived, I just lived a couple blocks away. So I walked down the boulevard in Shelby and walked to Wilson and got home and my parents were home and it was weird. I was like, why are my parents not the store? And we had the TV on. And I just remember seeing the second plane hit and then I watched them fall and I didn't understand, but I knew that it wasn't good. And I, my biggest turning point to join, I guess you would say, or have that fire of like, Oh, the military is something different, which it never was. Cause I don't remember any of my family members before, before that, like grandparents or anything like that. I don't, I don't remember. I was never told any war stories or anything like that, but I remember specifically going to my first Indians game after that. And my dad took me and I just remember on the third baseline and just everybody was standing national anthem was played and everybody stood no matter what your political views are now and all the things that's going on. Like it was different. Like everybody stood, nobody was talking. If some kid was talking during, I mean, they got hit and they were told to shush and they were just at attention, just hands over their heart singing or just listening. I mean, there was tears flowing and there was flags everywhere and every single game had a flyover. You had a fly. It wasn't opening day. it Didn't matter. It wasn't just because the World Series. Every single game had a flyover. It was. I mean, I just remember that feeling welling up inside me, being like, "Well, I want to be a part of that. Like that flag means more to me now." And like, I, okay, like all these people love this flag so much. Like, why? So then I just kept on trying to learn more and more. And that's. I think. I think ultimately that led into making the decision of when I didn't know what to do with my life, I was like, well, I want to be one part of the, the less than the 1%, right? No. I mean, I haven't, I didn't decide to go to school. I said, no, I'm like, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be in debt. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, well, I'm not good enough to play sports, right? I'm not good enough. So I just kept putting myself down, but I'm like, well, wait, I can put my hand up and be one of those people that didn't do something right. That, you know, I'm one of them now. So I just want to be accepted. And so I did. And yeah, my whole, my whole life, I mean, I loved, obviously video games and being the call of duty guy, right. You know, you see all that, you are know, like, I want to be, I want to be BA, right. I want to be the guy. I, I knew for a fact I didn't have the size for that stuff. I had the determination, but I didn't choose that. I, I, if I would have chose that, it would have been when I was 18. I, I ended up being 2021 20, when I joined and I, my life was different. So it just, I just remember 9-11 though. I mean, I was one of those people and I know some other people took, that way more to heart and end up being special forces whatnot which I had that in my head too but something kind of stopped me on that as well so
0: (laughs) so you you mentioned not having the size but uh, I've you know rumor has it that you are pretty uh, pretty studly playing paintball is that is that a fact or did I hear wrong you know what's really funny about that is you hear that and I've only
1: played paintball one time I went paintballing one time for Grayson Murray's bachelor party. But that and-
0: makes you even more of a stud because it'd be different if you're like, yeah, I used to, you know, do this in the summers with kids or something. You'd went uh, to, one time to be honest-
1: and everybody up. Every single time I say this, my first time where I've never gone paintballing, or whatever, everybody looks at me like I'm dumb because I'm like, they know I like guns. They know I can shoot. Like, I'm, I'm actually a really good shot. But they're like, you've never done this? This is like right up your alley. You're like, like no,
0: this is paint.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't, I just, I was like, this always seemed like an expensive sport. And they're like, you play golf. I'm like, you got me. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. It's expensive no matter what you play. But yeah, I, I think back in the day, I just never knew where to go. And I never asked for that stuff. I would never was like, yeah, I want a paintball gun and then get into it. And I should have, because it was a lot of fun. And yeah, I had a blast. I I definitely was the guy running and sliding and trying to act like I was definitely out there on the war zone for sure.
0: Were you wended a a little bit? Did did your age? Uh, Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. I could feel the age and how I I haven't been lifting or running and my cardio was bad and I'm out there sweating. I mean, it's the middle of summer and yeah, it was, it was rough, but man, I it was so much fun.
0: That's awesome. Uh, what are some pros and cons of being in the guard? Um, the
1: pros, I would say, the fact that you get to be home. Um, I took that for granted. I mean, I, I think I think everybody does that when they're when they're young. Right? Oh, I can't wait like, to get out, Shelby. I can't wait to get out of this state. This state is terrible, right? Uh, I never really was that person, but once I actually got out of the state, I loved it, but I couldn't tell you how much stuff I missed. And the fact that you don't just get to come home whenever you want. I mean, so I was definitely one of those people, because when you're in in active duty, no matter what branch, I'll tell you, ask anybody, uh, they think the guard does nothing. I mean, that's, I mean, might be one of the stigmas, right? But they think the guard does nothing at all. Um, on deployments, I've heard that too. I mean, active duty is like, what, you don't even know to, how to do, you do your job. And actually by the end, they say that the guard actually knows how to do the job better than active duty because in active duty, and this is one of the pros of of the guard, but the con of active duty is they just care. They, they care about the rank they care about their career and they have to do so much stuff like volunteering all that. You do that stuff in the guard, but you have a job. You're, you feel like a civilian. You feel like a regular person going to your job saying hi to your boss and you get to, you get to call them by their first name. Uh, you know what I mean? You don't have to be, you know, when your commander comes in to talk to you and ask you how your weekend was, you don't have to stand up at attention every single time you show them the respect, but you don't, you know, and you don't, you know, Hey Bob, you don't, you don't, I mean, if they tell you to call you that then cool. But, you know, they they don't they don't sit there and yell at you and give you paperwork and go crazy because you decided not to give them the custom and courtesy. They know you're a person. So, and they know life happens. So it just it gives you more freedom. It really does give you more freedom because you don't have all that customs and courtesy you have to worry about. I mean, I told you a story. We did our pre-pod about uh, something you didn't know was the commander on activity basis normally has a car and that car has the rank on the front license plate. And you might be walking down the street, you just got some pizza, right? Or, you know, you can't eat and walk. You know, you're not allowed to do that. So you have it in the bag or in the box and you're walking, you have it in your left hand. Got to have it in your left hand because what you do with your right hand, you got to salute. So when that, you have to watch your surroundings at all times, which is why the active duty is so crappy at times because you're just walking, you're just trying to get back to your dorm room, go back to your work. And all of a sudden there's a car. You don't, if you don't look and see that that car has that rank and you don't salute it, you're probably getting a phone call and you're probably getting your butt reamed and. So, but active duty definitely teaches you the right thing. But, uh, going back to the guard though, it just, there's so many opportunities. Cause you still go to, you can still go to school. A lot of people join the, uh, for the benefits for active duty and whatnot, which I still get to carry those benefits over, which is why earlier I said, I think you should go active duty, but don't let them talk into you for six years. If you don't want to do it, do four, see what you want to do. See if you like it, stay in, get out. That's what I did. I ended up getting out and coming in the guard and I still have those benefits. And they give you opportunities for better jobs, different types of jobs, cross-training. Uh, travel is huge. First year first year I came in, they ended up having a trip to Hawaii, and I went to Hawaii. Never would have, I mean, that's a huge vacation for somebody like me. I mean, so I got to go there for two weeks, get paid. Uh, if, I, if my dad actually didn't get sick, I would have went to uh, uh, Italy the next year. I mean, those are two dream ones right off the rip. And the guard gave me that opportunity. So, and now the guard gives me an opportunity where I'm an active duty guardsman and I get good benefits for me and my wife and the soon to be baby. And I'm going to make a career out of it. So hopefully in the next, I think it's 15 and a half years is when I retire. I mean, that's pretty good for somebody who came in when they were 20.
0: That is, that is pretty good. What, uh, you mentioned about the cons, uh, turn it, you have to turn it on and off. Is that, uh. Were you referencing to, you know, kind of drill weekend a little bit there? Oh yeah. Good
1: good good bring up there, dude. Yeah. The That's
0: why we take notes, buddy. That's why we do the brief.
1: I will tell you what. I'll tell you what. Yeah, that the biggest con of the guard, I'll tell you what, is drill weekends. They are pointless. And if anybody in my leadership heard that, they'd probably be mad. But <laughs> uh no, they they're definitely there for the traditionals and by the traditionals if you're not in the guard or an understanding what that is a traditional is the person that doesn't have a full-time job out there they they're still going to school they have a, a civilian job they might be a nurse or a teacher something like that right and they come to drill once a month one weekend a month that's what you're supposed to be doing and that's what drill is saturday and sunday but for us full-timers we work monday through friday or monday through thursday or tuesday through friday depending on what your schedule is And then you have to go to drill. And when you go to drill, you're really there just to go through the motions. You're still doing your regular job, but you have to worry about, all right, well, let me be a supervisor to this person. I haven't talked to in over a month and, Oh, they have to go get shots or draw blood, or they have a test they they need to go do. They need to practice for the test. They need to learn how to do this so they can signed off so they can get rank. Like you just end up having to switch it and then be that supervisor when during the week you're doing the same thing but to people you get to see every every day like it's weird it's a very weird it's like you're turning into active duty mode just for the weekend and the people that are coming from school they're probably you know 18 19 20 21 years old and they're just coming be like hey what's up going what's going on man hey what's for lunch this lunch, lunch today and you're like i have to train you like come on like it's just it's weird it's uh it's definitely weird but with how busy the base is on drill it, it's kind of nice because you can get stuff done and see people you don't see for a while but
0: so do you, uh, do you ever have a like a kind of a layover a little bit on like a monday where you're still kind of in that mood of, of the weekend of the drill weekend the up? funny thing
1: about that for especially our base house i mean our base is very busy but so small so on mondays after drill like our our shop at our bx is what it is it's not open so like, you know, after Monday, you're you, like, somebody says like, I got to go a Red Bull, right? And you know, you're tired. You're not used to that. You're not having Saturday, Sunday and watching football and stuff. And so you go to, you go to work on Monday. A lot of people work Tuesday through Friday for that specific reason. They have Monday after the drill off. So there's not nobody sure. on the base. I'm not that person. I like Monday through Thursday. So I have Fridays off. That a boy. And so uh, you get there and you're like, oh, I need to go read a Red Bull from the shop at and you, you start walking. And you're like, they're not open. Like, Oh, well, let me ask my boss if I can go to the gas station down the street and go get a Red Bull <laughs> or something. You yeah. know, but yeah, it's it. You're right. It's the the turn on and off is definitely weird. Drill, drill is the worst thing about the guard, hands down.
0: What? Uh, how has being in the military helped you in your civilian life? So, I think I have to go back to just growing up.
1: I mean, I didn't. I honestly, I could. I watched my sister. Um, go to school in Akron for four years and be in debt and like, I mean, it's not ungodly, but we, everybody, you know, went to school, you went to school, you understand. It's just college debt. But like hearing my dad say something about it, it always rang in my ears of like, well, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not going to school unless it's paid for, but that wasn't ever a reason I got in the military. So just having to flip it from I'm flipping burgers at Wendy's to I'm getting yelled at and running miles and meeting people from across the country who are now getting yelled at and having to go through these things and learning all of these crazy things about the military branch that I never knew anything about and just having opportunities. And that was one of my main things is I did four years and I came back home. We decided to come back home and I did I worked at an international trade company, which sounds amazing. It was God awful in Ashland for a year. And I went from having national holidays off. And I mean, I'm talking X amount of leave for those holiday periods, like knowing I could come home, doing this, doing that right to having thanksgiving and christmas off and probably not christmas eve like i had to pick which one i wanted and it was a complete culture shock and i realized oh wait my whole my whole life now is military like that's what i'm used to so them twisting that in your head when you're in basic you're like oh i don't remember how to do the civilian life anymore so then coming, i was like okay and then our friend zach wilson is the one who said hey man you should come to the guard and i was like uh no, I like having a beard and I want to get fat and I don't want to run PT tests anymore. I don't want to do that. Military is not for me. And then realizing about a month later, I was like, Oh, he's probably right. So I went and looked at the base and they walked me around and they said, what'd you used to do? And I was like, well, I was an equipment manager and which is a special, like uh, special job in the supply world. It's just special equipment. It's high dollar items. And I did that at Scott. And they were like, Oh, well, our equipment person's changing the jobs that job's gonna open up soon it's a pretty good paying job okay well yeah you should probably join so i joined and eight months later finally get the interview for the job and get it and now i'm here today so i to be honest it just teaches you not to just like judge a book by its cover if you you know you always hear that but like you look at people and just realize how I did in active duty, and you look at the guardsmen, you're like, these guys don't know what they're doing at all. And I worked with them every day. Some of my best friends were guardsmen back then. And I was still like, ha, you got to go to drill. Ha, like, you know, you don't even know what's going on. And they were any longer than me and they knew more than I did. And then now I'm in the guard, I'm like, oh, this is a real job. Like, you guys do stuff every single day. Oh, your planes still fly. You have your own mission. I was completely naive.
0: <laughs> uh, you mentioned a little bit in the pre pod about. Um, how some of the stuff, you know, kind of carries over, I, I guess, with going, you know, piggybacking on the civilian question there, um, where, you know, you mentioned how even when you pose for like a photo, um, <laughs> you you still kind of, you can't take the military out of yourself, right? When you're posing for a picture.
1: That's so funny, because I'm not actually bad at it. I broke it. I finally, I've, I've broken it, but I have a certain friend who uh, works with me at the base and if he hears this i bet you he knows who he is and uh he didn't break it every picture he is in with his wife you know, like with their baby or their dogs or anything his feet are together so he's at a, he's at attention and his feet are together And i ask him all the time i go you look ridiculous like bro you're you're at you're at a um you're at a hockey game you don't you don't gotta be at attention no one's no one's worried about you and then the other thing is people's hands, they'll, they'll do the at attention instead of like just having their hand out or hand at their side, it'll be cupped and have their their thumb down yeah. and their point finger down. And it'll be point down like that. And they'll have at their side, they're at attention. They just, that when they told you, when you're graduating, when your family's there for the first time, if you're taking pictures, you gotta be at attention. And they like, they're walking around. You have so many drill instructors and, Rank walking around trying to find people, just yelled them in front of their parents. Like, it's crazy. (laughs) So you're, I mean, you're terrified. I didn't even want to go. They, my parents ended up getting a, uh, a house down there, and I got to go off base. And I was at the house, and I would take my uniform off and just lay on the couch. That's all I wanted to do was just be out of uniform, nobody watching me, and just eating food and just doing what I wanted to do. And as soon as you get back on base, you're like. Like, who am I going to see? And like your family wants to see the base, so they're like, "Let's go around the base." I'm like, "I don't, I don't want to do that." <laughs> You're like, "No, nah, I think we're running out of
0: time." I think you guys got to. Yeah, <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's so bad, but oh man, yeah, it's it is funny. Watching people that they haven't broke it; it's just ingrained in them.
0: That's awesome. Um, what would you tell the youth about possibly joining the U.S. military? What advice would you give kids?
1: I would say make sure you're doing it for the right reasons uh, is probably number one. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, if you want to be, think you're, if you think you're BA and you want to be in a certain branch, go for it. That's fine. But just realize you have to, you're going to have to give respect. Like you're not just going to get it. Like you're just like anybody else. So if you think they're no, they're not going to yell at me. I'm not going to take any crap from the T. Like it's not, they're not there. They're there to break you so they can give you orders. That's it. So, like, later in life, when you're in your job, you can take orders. It helps you in the, in, in the long run. I had plenty of people that got washed out of my, my basic, and they were, they, they were stronger than me and faster than me and whatnot, but they couldn't take orders. They just were so bullheaded with everything. It just it didn't make any sense. So just be open-minded. Go in there and learn. Like, don't be, don't be closed-minded. Uh, and then second would be don't let those um, recruiters push you around don't let them push you around. They're trying to get numbers that great career field. I know a lot of recruiters on the base and they're great people. And I, I'm not saying any bad about the career field at all. It's just the fact that you have some that they don't care about your career. Cause they're probably not going to see you again. So like, if you're going in and they're saying this happened to me, so they, I was at MEPS, which you have to go through all your, your tests and see if you're physically ready to go for your job and whatnot. You have to, you know, do your ASVAB score and your test to see if you can get in. And uh, I'm going to sign my contract before I uh, swear in and a physically, like uh, officially join. And he goes six years. Right. And I go, I want to do four. And he goes, no, you're going to do six. And I go, I'm going to do four. And he goes, oh, that doesn't make any sense. And you feel obligated because they're in uniform. Like you feel like you're going to get in trouble, right? Like you don't know you're trying to be respectful, but he says, well, you're missing out on so many opportunities. They go, Can you tell me those opportunities? And he goes, well, if you go in for six, you're automatically signed up for, uh, you'll be, I, th- I believe you'll be an E2 before you'll be an E1. So you'll be a higher rank than everybody else, which means when you get to E3 and you can go to, or when you get to E4 and you can go for staff sergeant and you can test, you'll be in the testing pool a year or two before the people with four years. So that means you have an opportunity to make money before everybody else. Don't you want money? Or what's wrong with you? And I said, well, I don't know if I want to do this the rest of my life, so I'm going to do four. Best best thing that's ever happened to me was that. That decision right there literally put me on a different life path. And the reason why I say that is because, one, he lied because I was in the same testing pool as everybody that I came in with. Two, if I would have stayed in for six years, I would still have been at Scott and I would have not got the equipment job here at the base, and which means I wouldn't have the job I of the day, which means if we just going to go all the way down to the nitty gritty, I wouldn't have the benefits for my child that's coming up. I wouldn't have the opportunity for deployments and TDYs and I wouldn't be back home, which in turn wouldn't, I wouldn't have been home to take care of my dad when he was sick. That's the biggest thing out of all. And that one decision is what happened. That one decision is what did it. So don't let them push you around and at whatever job you want, go for it until they tell you you've, you were medically discharged from it. Like, which we can go into that story too, if you'd like, if, yeah, that happened to me. So, but yeah, I mean, go for what you want. It's just like, if you're out in the civilian world and you, you, you want to go to school for, to be a teacher, go be a teacher. So if you want to be a boom operator, or you want to be uh, special forces, you want to be a, um, a cop. So uh, do what you want to do like just go for it yes sometimes they tell you you're color deficient and you can't hold a gun even though you can shoot straight and better than a lot of people
0: so so well that brings me uh, to my next question uh, <laughs> what uh, when were you humbled so much to let you, yourself know that uh your the colors you thought you saw all your life or seen all your life um weren't actually correct well, uh, it
1: took 20 years for me to figure out that uh, you see different colors than I do. And that was a real fun eye-opener. So I went in, I went to the recruiting office, went through all my ASAP stuff, all that kind of stuff. And they were like, hey, what job do you wanna do? And I was like, I kinda wanna be, I wanna be a pilot. Well, you'd have to be an officer to be a pilot. I'm like, oh, okay. So I don't have the school credits for that already. And you know, I don't really know want to go, when go to officer school. That's more years, okay. Like, well, you could be like a co pilot for a predator drone, like for a drone pilot. So you're, you're on the sticks. I'm like, oh, I like video games. That sounds awesome. So I'm like, oh, I want to do that. And they're like, well, what else? And I go, well, oh, Intel sounds cool. I want to know things that other people don't. And that'll, and I'll have to brief higher commanders and stuff like that and higher ups. And that'll get me out of my shell of public speaking. Cool. That, that'd be a good idea for the future. I can make money outside in the civilian world like that. And then I was like, well, I want to be a state highway patrolman. I'll be a cop too, which if I'll give you a tip, don't go in to be a cop, everybody. But uh, I want that, right? I want to be a cop. So she says, cool. She signs me up for it and she puts it on my list. I go to Meps, which is down in Columbus, the one I went to, and you go and you take your hearing test past flying colors. Take your uh, depth perception test past flying colors which that one's tricky for people 100 percent then we get to the color blind test from this point i've i see all colors you see colors everything's good take the test it's the circle with all these other small colored circles and in that you're going to see a number first one pops up boom seven got it second one pops up 12 got it third one pops up a little bit tougher to see i'm like oh that one's just it's tricky. Okay. Like 15. Got it. Fourth one comes up zero, have zero idea what it is to this day. Do not remember what it was. Sixth one comes up. I, so I guess six, one comes up. No idea. Seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, all the way up to like 12 have zero idea what they are. I'm guessing at this point and I'm terrified. I'm like, I'm not going to get into the air force. I, I didn't understand. I didn't understand why I didn't see it, but I just guessed. We get done and the lady scoring my test and she says, you got three out of 12. I'm like, huh? She's like, yeah, you failed. And I'm like, I failed. What does that mean? She goes, I, you're, some of your jobs are probably going to be canceled off your list. I go, what do you mean? I can see color though. And she goes, yeah, you're color deficient. I go, what does that mean? She goes, you see different shades of colors. So if you see a dark red, I might see red. Or if Or if you see a dark red, I might see like a more of a, like a dark purple. All right. And that really screwed with me. And so I go. <laughs> the next thing is the physical. So they make you get down in your your underwear, whatnot. Do the duck walk. So you have to get on your you have to get real low and do the duck walk, see if your knees are messed up and whatnot. And it hurts so bad. And but did the duck walk. And then right after that, you're standing there with a bunch of dudes, great time, you know. And uh, the door opens and they call your name. You go into the doctor's office and they give you a physical. And then they open up your book and your medical records have that test in it for the colorblind. He goes, wow, your eyes are, you guys are more than perfect. That's crazy. You have professional baseball player eyes, which you know me, that I'm talking, I'm on an all time high. You've been waiting for that your whole life. Whole life. I'm telling you what everybody (laughs) said, and I'll, I'll go to the grave saying I had one of the best gloves in Shelby. I couldn't hit a baseball to save my life. After sophomore year, I couldn't touch a baseball if you threw it at me. And I was like, oh, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. Because I couldn't hit a ball, but I could see it. Heck yeah. And he flips the page and laughs out loud and goes, huh. I go, what? He goes, that stinks. I go, what? He goes, you're colorblind. And I was like, that's what she said, but I don't believe you. And he goes, yeah, that just canceled half your jobs off. Like, you you can't do anything with a gun. No cop. Like no special forces, even though I didn't want to go into it, but nothing with a gun. So then I was right. I, I loved guns. I shot guns in the backyard. I was a good shot. I was like, you're kidding me. So that right there just pulled me down so far. I went back to the recruiter and they're like, yeah, basically the only thing left is supply, which was a lie. Nothing left is just supply. There's plenty of other jobs you can do color, with colorblind, but she gave me supply. And I was like, well, she told me that that's all I can do. So I went in that's why I'm here today
0: wow but I I went to
1: basic with such a chip on my shoulder and I said when I go shoot I'm gonna shoot marksman I missed two shots I was like I'm not yeah and to this day I have I have one right here next to me in my room of a a target from the guard and I've only missed two so I, I just come on I mean uh, you can't own a gun. Well, if that guy has camo in that bush, you're not going to see him because he's all green, Like you can't see him. He's all green.
0: <laughs> oh man. Uh, so you alluded to this already, but which branch would you have went into um, if not the air force? I would have been, I would
1: have been a Marine uh, and hands down. I was always that guy that just like the actual Marines and trust me, I'm not ever going to say that we are the top branch by any means or like that. A Marines a Marine. I wanted that title so bad but i realized in my life where i was at and i was just got engaged and whatnot i'm like that's not if i was single i would have joined a, in the being marines i would have been a marine hands down i know for a fact at that time in my life i would have made it through that boot camp i would have had the uh mental state to get through it get yelled at that's fine whatever and then they would have made me physically strong wasn't out of shape by any means but that just wasn't my was my choice. I, I was engaged. I wouldn't have saw Christy. I feel like I would have got a job that I, I wouldn't have saw her and, or seen her. And uh, I would have been deployed. And like, it just would have, I think it would have been a crappy way to start a marriage. And I've already heard so many people, you know, that it, that happened, you know, I got married, but I'm glad I'm in the military and then we got divorced. And now he's, they're single or have a second wife. And like, that's fine at all. But that wasn't how I wanted to start my relationship. So I decided to go in the Air Force, but Marines was definitely a hundred percent it was in my mind. I was one of those kids. I was one of those, I wasn't, I wasn't the kid that was like, Oh, I can do anything. I'm like, no, but I, I wanted the challenge. I a hundred percent wanted that challenge to be a Marine.
0: So talk to me a little bit. And, and this is pretty, uh, pretty much seems to be consistent, but uh, talk to me a little bit about the rivalry between the branches.
1: Every, everybody from every branch has something to say about the other branches. So like we're given everything, right? We're Air Force. We're supposed to be the smart ones, I guess. But they say we're the, um, what's the word I want to look for here? Is the the entitled ones? So I'm never gonna say that's not true. Like if you're in deployed, if you're in deployed location, the Army's probably, which I know for a fact that my brother-in-law was just in a place where it was basically pop up like cubicle apartments and whatnot right we would probably have actual apartments and big old tents and air conditioning It's just the way it is room service yeah our money is spent in a way different (laughs) different different way right but yeah there's definitely a competition between branches but you you normally get that at the beginning of your terms so like excuse me so when you go through basic you're right they're ingraining you like the traditions and, you know, you're a Marine, you're a soldier, you're airman, like this is the best branch you're, you know, America. And yeah, that's true. So when you get out, you're like, you know, Marines are dumb. They eat crayons. Like, you know, like you hear that and you're like, I, yeah, I follow that, that motto. I'm like, no, like I, I have a guy that was in the Marines who was a higher rank than me by two ranks. And now is the same rank as me in the air force. Cause he joined the guard. And he's one of the nicest people i ever met. And yeah, I joke with him. I'm like, come on, man. What are you eating today? You Crayola? And like, I'll joke with him. But he just comes right back with an Air Force jab. I even have a, a shirt that my brother-in-law, who's in the Army, got me. And it says Chair Force on it. And I wear it all over the place. I wear it to go lift on base. I think it's hilarious. Because that's what we do. I mean, that, my specific job is that too. I'm in a chair. I'm, I'm on a computer. That's my job. I know that I'm not going to ever say like, Oh, come on. You just don't, we're smart. You only have your parts because of us, which I mean, it's true for my job, but like, we're not the smartest ones. Like we're just, we're the air force. That's what we do. I don't
0: know. <laughs> awesome. Uh, do you remain close with uh, people you serve with?
1: Yes. So you definitely, you make those brotherhoods, those, you know, those brothers and sisters and people like that. I, I mean, I still have people on Facebook from that. I went to basic with, then the people that I went to tech school with. Um, and then it's your first duty station. And, and if you stay in and you travel to other duty stations, which you probably would, um, not if you go to Scott, you have to get deployed or go to Korea to get out of there. It's a hole, but I still, I actually have a friend coming to visit in two weeks that we've stayed friends this whole time. And, uh, he was one of my first friends at Scott and, uh, it's basically the people you work with, the same uh, age as you and whatnot. I was always the guy that kind of branched out to older people. Um, I got into softball there. That was the first time I ever played softball was uh, Air Force. Uh, military softball is huge. So I still have people that I have a guy that he's, he's from Detroit, and he was at Scott, and I played softball with him. He went into Europe. I think he's, he's in Germany now. And then he'll eventually, he actually got orders to come to Wright Pat. So he'll be only two hours away from me. So that's gonna be really cool. And then I have another one down in San Antonio. Now he's retired. And I got to watch his retirement over Facebook Live. And it's it's pretty cool, man. I got people from all over the country that if I really wanted to, I could reach out to him and be like, hey, man, I'm coming to California or something like that. Like, is there anything cool to do? And they'd probably be like, yeah, just come stop by. We'll take you out to dinner. And like you just make these certain friends that you're always going to have a bond, even though if you don't talk to them for years at a time, you can just reach out to them. I mean, I got a bunch of people that were in the way they were Buckeye fans. So like that was just one thing that we could, you know, bond over and always see them say go bucks and you just comment on their stuff on Facebook and reach out to them. So
0: yeah, definitely, definitely have those friends for life when it comes to military family. So what about myths? Um, are there any myths about being in the air force? Anything that, uh, before you join, that you were anticipating or uh, maybe intimidated by or anything you can think of as far as myths go
1: the myth that's still out there right now is if somebody especially of the older generations if they ask you what you do and you say well i'm in the air force you're like oh you fly planes you're a pilot and i you just look at me like, no like well what do you do then what isn't that the air force's job i'm like yeah i mean kind of but like there there's other people that have to support the planes. There's people that have to fix the planes. Like we all have different jobs. I mean, there's a pest control job in the air force. Like I knew a guy that was a pest control. Like it, you have all civilian jobs in the military. They're just obviously trained and done differently because there's so many different rules, but that is one of the biggest myths is, Oh, look at that guy. He's in the air force. He must be a pilot. That's awesome. Like, no, like not all of us get to sit in the cockpit and whatnot. Like, which is another job I could never do anyways, even if I was an officer, because I'm colorblind. So, but the other one now, since we switched uniforms, is uh, we have the Army uniform. So uh, we have OCPs and I mean, they fit like pajamas, love them. And uh, anytime you see somebody, they don't read Air Force, they just see Army because it's the same Army uniform. They're like, ah, Army, right? And like, it says Air Force on it. And they're like, oh, oh, when'd you guys go to those? like, Like a year ago. (laughs) <laughs> you're like oh i still thought you were like abus and those old ones that are weird and they don't like disguise you from anything because weren't we over in the desert why were they gray like, we don't know we don't make these decisions <laughs> yeah it's it's crazy but yeah it's I, i'll be honest i mean before i even joined in when i was way younger yeah i mean air i wanted to i wanted to fly planes for sure like air force fly planes that's what i wanted to do but at the same time, like you also go into the Marines thinking that you're going to be infantry and just be on the front lines. Like, I mean, everybody thinks that too. I mean, there's so many different jobs. I mean, you just go in and see what you can do and then you sign up for it and do it.
0: Awesome. Well, AJ, thanks a lot, man, for your service. And uh, thank you for everything you've done for the podcast and, and doing this episode. Thanks a lot, man. Of course. Thanks for having me, bud. Thanks a lot for listening to another episode of the bases loaded podcast. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Basis Podcast.